Welcome to day three of our look through Matthew chapter 16. I told you yesterday we're going to focus on these two verses, verses 19 and 20, which can be the most difficult to understand verses in this entire chapter and in much of the book of Matthew. Verse 19, Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. So what is Jesus saying here when he says he's giving the keys to the kingdom? Well, let's talk about what he didn't say and what he did say. Jesus did not say here, you always, one of the rules of Bible study is you always understand unclear passages in the light of clear passages. So you can't make this that we don't quite understand sometimes what it's saying. You can't make it like erase a clear passage and say what that, against what that clear passage is saying. So he did not say here that we have the power to do anything. It's not what he's saying here. God has the power to do anything. God has that power. And no power that he gives us can take away the power that's only his. It's God's power. We're looking for, we are strengthened by God's power in our lives. So this is not some magical power thing. This is not some superhuman power that he's giving the people. No, we're still depending on God's power in our lives. The keys to the kingdom of heaven do not mean we don't need to depend on God's power. He's also not saying here that we have the power to forgive sins. Because very clearly, Jesus teaches, no one has the power to forgive sins but God alone. John Calvin, a long time ago, said about this passage, when Christ enjoins the apostles to forgive sins, he does not convey to them what is peculiar to himself. It belongs to him to forgive sins. He only enjoins them in his name to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. That's what Calvin said about this. So God alone has the power to forgive sins. God alone has the power to do anything. So what is Jesus saying here when he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Well, here are two or three things that he's saying. First, he's saying that you and I, as followers of God, we have an awesome stewardship and responsibility. I know there are some who think that Jesus was talking only to Peter here and saying he's just giving the keys to the kingdom to Peter as the leader of the church or the future pope of the church. I don't believe that that's true. I believe he's talking to all the disciples then, and he's talking to all the disciples now. As you take a look at the Greek behind the syntax of this, but also the sense of what Jesus is teaching here and in other places, because he says some of the same kinds of things to all the disciples in other places. He's here telling us that we have this awesome stewardship and responsibility. God is the one who's sovereign, and God has sovereignly decided to work through people to accomplish much of his work on earth. So that means if I refuse to do what he's leading me to do, it doesn't get done many times. I don't unlock that door. Now, God is gonna do it through someone else in some other way at some time, but I don't get to be in on it. God is sovereignly working through people. And if someone else at some other time refuses to do it, if no believer chooses to do it, God's saying, I'm not gonna do it, except I'm gonna do it through you. Now, I'd like to have all opportunity and no responsibility, just the, the, the great opportunity, victory of living for God, but it doesn't work that way. We are not just given the gift of faith. You are entrusted with the gift of faith. And the truth is, if you mishandle that gift, people will get hurt, not just you, but other people around you, by your example, by what you do. And because we are imperfect, we do sometimes mishandle that. And people do sometimes get hurt. And we do need forgiveness. That's part of the stewardship and responsibility is asking for forgiveness, recognizing our humanity. So there's 
a stewardship and responsibility that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is also saying here that there's a connection between what a believer does on earth and what happens in heaven, happens in eternity. Keys to the kingdom, keys to eternity. What I do on earth can affect eternity. What I do on earth in my own life affects eternity with how I grow, the rewards that I'm gonna get that give praise to God forever and that maybe increase my capacity to serve God forever. They also affect eternity in bringing other people to eternity, other people who are gonna enjoy God's presence forever the keys to the kingdom. We have an effect on eternity. Jesus is saying here when he says, I am giving you the keys to the kingdom, a third thing he's saying very simply is, the keys are in your hands. The keys are in your hands. Now, I want you to notice something interesting with me. Just before Jesus talks about keys, did you notice just a few verses before he talked about gates? He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against this kind of faith the kind of faith you've just expressed in me, Jesus says. And then he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, gates and keys. It takes a key to unlock a gate so that you can open it. And Jesus here, when he says, I'm giving you the keys, I believe he's talking about our faith. We have the keys, not as an owner, but as a steward. We don't own the house, but we are entrusted with the keys to unlock the doors, to open the doors by our faith to make choices by faith that invite people to hear the good news of Christ, become involved in the plan of God for their lives. God has decided to work through people. And so because of that, you and I get the opportunity to unlock some of those doors that allow people to begin to live a life of faith. And so Jesus says it this way. When he says the keys are in our hands, the last thing that he says about this is, you have the power to bind and you have the power to loose. The power to bind and the power to loose. Now, these terms, bind and loose, they were common in Jewish phrases in that day. To bind was to declare something forbidden. To loose was to declare something allowed. The words were often used in regard to making decisions around God's law, but Jesus is here talking about forgiveness and life and the kind of life that he has for us. When you think about faith, Jesus is here talking about keys, and so he's talking about the kind of faith that opens doors. Now, I like to think about faith as going through the doors that God opens. And that is part of it. But Jesus is saying here, these verses reveal to us that through our faith, we can sometimes open doors. And by our lack of faith, we can sometimes close doors. Let me tell you a story from history. Uh, One of the first modern missionaries, called the first modern missionary, William Carey, when he in 1793 wanted to go to India, the group of believers that he talked to about doing that said, no, you can't go. And their famous statement was, God can save them without your help or mine. Why should we go? They were binding. They were closing a door to go share the good news of Christ. Now, William Carey went to India. He decided, I'm going to go anyway because God's calling me to go. He was unlocking a door. He was loosing. His motto, William Carey's motto was, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Unlock doors by faith. And watch what only God can do. Don't look at the world and think, well, God can't do it because it isn't happening yet. Look at the world and think, what doors does God want to open? Don't look for what doors are already open. What doors does God want to open? And how can the key of faith open that door that God wants opened? If God's not opening the door, there's no key that you have or I have that can open it. But when God wants to work, he wants our faith to be applied to that place, that person, so that that door can be unlocked. 
Now, let me talk about this closer at home. Let's say there's some guy at work, some woman at work, and you look at them and, and you think, well, they would never become a believer. I'm not going to even embarrass myself by saying anything to them about church or about God. You have just, in your mind, you've locked a door. You've, you've bound the truth. You've said, I'm not going to share with them. That's the power to bind. But if instead of that, one day you just say to them, how can I pray for you? You see that they're hurting. How can I pray for you? Just a simple question like that. That's the power to loose. That's unlocking a key. That's applying faith to their life. That's beginning to believe that God can work in their life. Now, am I saying that they might not become a believer if you don't share Christ with them? The Bible doesn't give us an exact yes or no on that. And I believe, obviously, that the Holy Spirit's going to lead to God, those whom God has chosen, who's bringing to himself. But the truth is, we are the ones he uses. And he's going to use some person to share with that person. Now, they may have to wait a year or two years for the right person to come along. Wouldn't it be better if you shared now? They became a believer earlier. Wouldn't it be better if right now you had faith that God could work in their lives? So what should I do about this, this thing about the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Well, two things. First, accept the awesome responsibility of being a believer. The fact that it's not just about what God is doing in this world, but it's about what God is doing through you in this world. Now, if you're going to accept that responsibility, don't try to do it on your own power. Trust in his power to do through you what only he can do. Trust in his power. You can accept the awesome responsibility of being a believer. And the second thing you can do is you can proclaim the truth about forgiveness. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's unlocking the door. That's loosing the truth. That's letting people know. So you pray for people to hear the truth of God's love. In fact, one of the greatest tools that we have for loosing, for unlocking doors, for beginning faith is prayer talking to God about it. That's the beginning place of faith so many times. So let's start there. And as we pray, I want to invite you to pray with me. And just some person that comes to your mind, say, Jesus, would you lead them to faith? Maybe God's even bringing to mind right now the last person you ever believed could be led to faith. Just say, Jesus, help me to think about them in a new way. You're working in their life. They could become a person of faith. Help me to pray about them in a new way, not to give up on them, but to keep praying for them. We pray these things together, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to see how Peter goes straight from his great statement of faith to putting his foot in his mouth. (laughs) 